Hello and welcome back to a brand new season of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're going to be covering all of your Premier League new signings, all of your new managers, basically all of the new goings on from what's happened this season, this episode. We're all back. Uh, Natalie is joining me today as always and I'm your host Dan. How are you doing Nat? What's Fine. going on? Not much, just checking about who's looked at my Insta story. Oh. Uh, anyway, we're going to start off with some promoted Premier League teams, I think. It's good to get those out of the way, isn't it? Because these are the guys, we look at them and we're like, well, what can we What can we expect, Natalie? Well, I'm just going to give you a general note first uh, about players from... News, a general new signings and players from promoted teams situation. I personally would advise to not put too much faith or money into anyone starting new to the Premier League, whether they're a new signing or from a promoted club. I think it's fine to risk players who are between four and five million in your defence or in your midfield, like your fifth midfielder or your fifth defender. I think it's absolutely fine to just get a new boy in and see what happens. But other than that, I think it's nice to give the teams a couple of weeks to see what their situation is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I kind of jumping off the back of that, I'd say it's that kind of thing where obviously last season we had someone like Mo Salah who came in at nine million. Mm. He was quite quite a comfortable signing to make because he was quite quite cheap but playing for a good team. Yeah. Um but yeah, often you have this situation where if you're gonna have one, if you're gonna take a punt on a new signing, it's generally best to sort of have like one risky player rather than building your team around a bunch of new signings even exciting as it may be because I've been guilty of it before and it has never ended well yeah all right so on to Cardiff sorry yes so Cardiff Cardiff City um they only lost 10 of their 46 games last season in the the old championship with only three losses at home that's uh, so a strong strong little home form going on pretty nice pretty nice going from them yeah um I've written strong defensively, but not quite as good in the attacking department. But I don't really know what that was based off of. But 19 clean sheets last year, which isn't bad. It's almost yeah. almost half of the games. Yeah, that's that's a good a good little record. Um, all of the men are quite old though, mm. so they might all be dead soon. Probs don't know. Yeah. So the problem I have with Cardiff is, firstly, they have a manager who's kind of seen. And Neil Warnock kind of seen as a bit of a promotion specialist. Right. He's always been very good at getting teams out of the championship, but he's never actually kept a team up in the Premier League. Oh. But it's nice to try. It, <laughs> it's it? nice to try. I think it's uh, four attempts he's had. And the one where he possibly maybe could have, I think it was, was it QPR? And he got sacked before the end of the season oh. anyway. So yeah, he's, he's never kept a team up. Okay. And this dates all the way back to the 90s, so... I'd have a little bit of a worry about his ability to to manage a team in the Premier League. But God loves a trier. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, their new signings, I've got two. I've selected two out of however many they've made so far. Uh, Josh Murphy, who they've signed from Norwich City, who's uh, gone into the FPL game as a midfielder at five million. Um, he's attacking mid slash forward. Twin brother of Newcastle's Jacob Murphy. Oh, you always love a twin. Oh, I'm so obsessed with twins. Who doesn't love a twin? Um, every Cardiff versus Newcastle fixture from now on will be referred to as the Murphy Derby. <laughs> you are most welcome. Oh, so here, you're out here now. Yeah. Making backing up, a derby. Making up derbies. Yeah. <laughs> Despite your... But this is actually a Murphy Derby, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's it Murphy is. versus Murphy. It is. It's just the last thing I expected to come from a... 
an on the record Derby hater. Derby hater, yeah. But I'm here for it now. Now okay. I'm here. Okay. Um, so last season from 34 starts in the championship, he scored seven goals and three assists, which I guess isn't amazing, but look, he had a go. Um, but he has already scored three preseason goals for whichever team. The team that about. he plays for, <laughs> Cardiff. Cardiff. Um, I think that he should be likely to start in this hmm. team. And I think that it's mad that he wouldn't start. Hmm. However, whoever wrote the preseason guide on Reddit is like, oh, he won't start. He's, he's not having it. Old so, Reddit boy. I mean, we'll see about that one. Well... I, the the issue I'd have with this is I just have I know nothing about Cardiff because honestly they're the one team of the three teams that mm. I look at and I just think with the manager they have with the style of football in the Premier League they're really going to struggle. It's almost like they're this season's Huddersfield. Yeah, but I, I kind of felt me. like Huddersfield still had a good sort of forward thinking manager, whereas yeah. Warnock is very much a guy who's been around the block and hasn't really changed right. or adapted. Whereas Wagner is just... Yeah, bad. but I think Josh Murphy sounds like a good signing from a team who don't have too many sort of young, sort of pacey attacking players. So at 5.0, not the worst option in the world for your fifth midfielder, but you just got to, if you go with it, you got to do it and have the faith and just keep him for a little while. Maybe wildcard him out if it's not going your way, but but yeah, stick with him long term if you if you do believe. Um, and the other signing I think worth mentioning is Bobby Reed, who hmm. was at Bristol City last season, scored 19 goals and seven assists. Which is very good. Um, and played in every single championship, I think started every single championship game yeah. for Bristol City, um, which is shooken in content, and already scored two pre-season goals for Cardiff. Yeah, that sounds nice. promising. Uh, 5.5... Decent third striker option if you're spending a lot on the likes of Mo Salah and your, your midfield yeah. boys. Again, like, it's yeah, it's I'd Cardiff, s- so it's a good one to, to maybe take a punt on. Yeah, but. I think I'd start the season with, like, four... I hate forwards so much because you can only have three, mm. and that really stresses me out. Um, <laughs> but, so I think I wouldn't start the season with him, mm. but he's, like, one of those, like... Nias ones where you know you'll watch him for three games he'll get a goal in every game you get him in and then he stops yeah yeah he ends up being a reserve (laughs) falling out with Warnock or something calling him fat (laughs) is that what happened? I don't know maybe (laughs) (laughs) right okay I've got some other key players 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 all the boys on the end Um, squad Bamba who's a defender 4.5 million played every single league fixture last year and started in 43 of them and then subbed on for the other three. And also scored four goals as well, which I thought was quite nice. That's really good, isn't it? Because I like it when a defender does a goal. Yeah. Because I had to wait all season for Dunk to just do one last year. Didn't they have another defender who scored like seven goals as well? Um, I don't know if that's it's true. You ridiculous. Can, you can definitely do some... Let me, let me do a little quick research for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other three players I've kicked out from... I've kicked out from... <laughs> I've picked out from Cardiff um, are all defenders... Hoylet, Patterson and Rowles. Hmm. Hoylet and Patterson are 5.5 each. Hoylet scored nine goals and made, made 11 assists. Yeah. Is that it? Can you make assists? Yeah, I think that's the, the terminology. Okay. Uh, I mean, Hoylet goes back years in the Premier League. I obviously have no idea who these men are. I've kind of had some, some people talking a bit about him and, and kind of dismissing him because he's been in the Premier League before. So. Right. Previously, Isn't that good because then he has Premier League experience? Well, yeah, so he's a bit older now, obviously, and a bit more experienced. And I think he always looked really good. 
can't even remember. This must have been like mid two thousands. But he used to play for Blackburn. Right. Uh, and then he moved on to QPR at some point, and it was a- around the period where QPR were just basically signing loads of players and giving them massive wages, and they got relegated because none oh, of the players were motivated, and they oh, just right. they just spent too much money on players that weren't mm-hmm. really deserving of it. And he was kind of in that era, and I think his last outing in the Premier League for QPR wasn't quite so impressive. Right. But I do think he's definitely the kind of player that has the talent if you can get him motivated. Okay. He could end up being a really interesting, almost like Josh King-esque right. sort of breakout star because he has a lot of pace, he's very quick, he's very uh, very good dribbler, but his previous outings in the Premier League haven't been good. But yeah, at 5.5, it's that kind of, hmm, maybe, maybe yeah. this is a year he comes good. He'd be my recommendation from Cardiff if you were, if you didn't want to risk it on Josh Murphy because you didn't think he was going to start. Yeah. Hoyler is where I'd go. Yeah. Patterson, 10 goals and 4 assists from 23 league start, which is nervous. Like, why are you only starting 23 of them? Maybe he was injured, I don't know. I didn't that, yeah, that's that's really... <laughs> that's a mad record for a midfielder, so you'd have to assume there was some kind of injury there. Yeah, I mean, he, there were 9 sub-appearances, so he yeah. could have scored from those, but... Oh, sorry, I'd just like to add, it's Sean Morrison is the guy who scored seven goals last year. Defender? He played 39 games, okay. seven goals and one assist, but he's priced at 5.0. Uh, so he's naturally, being the guy who's done all of the goals, mm. he's coming a little bit more expensive. And when you're looking at a team like this come up from the, the Championship to the Premier League, it's kind of like, do I really want to spend 5.0 yeah. on a Cardiff City defender? Yeah. Um, I'd I'd say no, even with that goal record. Yeah, and Rouse is only five, um, midfielder, seven goals and four assists from thirty-seven league starts last year. Yeah, okay, so, so not so good, not as good a record, but cheaper. I think he's like a defensive yeah. mid. Right on to Fulham, mate. Fulham, um, highest pass completion and possession percentage in the championship last year. That's very good. Well, it sounded very nice. Yeah. Um, and they hadn't lost a home game since October. I do believe that they will only survive in the Premier League if they sign Mitrovic. Yeah, so that's strange. I don't really understand what's going on there because obviously he doesn't get on too well with Benitez at Newcastle. Right, so Um, what are we waiting for? Yeah, and I just... There seems to be no talk really about it actually happening. So we are kind of waiting for it, but they did make another very good signing in Jean-Michel Serri. Okay. who is actually a player who'd been linked with Barcelona and basically thought he was going to Barcelona in, I think it was January. Oh, and now he's at Fulham. And now he's at Fulham. But to be fair, I think that's that's one hell of a coup for a team like Fulham to yeah. get a player who's... And his stats are basically really, really, really good, particularly with pass completion, which is something okay. that Fulham are already good at. Yeah. So I think... He's the kind of player that will play a bit more deep. Um, I don't think he's the, the guy you want for your FPL team. Right. But I think what he will do is he'll play that sort of deeper lying role where he'll be finding the likes of Kearney and Sessegnon in more dangerous areas. Okay. And he'll make their football a lot more free-flowing. So he is actually a very big signing for a team like Fulham. And considering he was linked with Arsenal, with Chelsea, with Barcelona, all these big teams, mm. it's, yeah, it's a fantastic signing for them. And I think it does make them more of a threat but yeah, like you say, the the striker situation is is strange. They currently only have one forward listed on FPL. Mm. Yeah, so I don't it's know if Kamara. their whole squad isn't listed yet. They only have Bettinelli listed as their goalkeeper. Yeah, There's one no goalkeeper, they... four defenders. There's no way they only have one keeper. And I think eight 
midfielders. Yeah. It's, that isn't a full squad. And obviously, you know, they're going to have a reserve team that they can, you know, promote players from. But yeah, it's looking very bare. But <laughs> very will strange. this turn up as, like, this is how it'll start the season and then suddenly a man will be on who you couldn't possibly yeah, sign beforehand. And then FPL add him to the game and everyone gets mad. After he's got a hat-trick. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's like, I totally knew he was going to be the best player <laughs> yeah. of the season. What? Exactly. Kearney is the, the yes. sort of key man to look at, right? At 5.0. Long pass and chance creator demon. <laughs> a demon? Is what I've written. Why are they letting demons <laughs> play football now? I don't know. Five goals and five assists in 30 league starts last year, which is quite nice. I think the, the problem with him is that he's too far back. So he does good long passes, but then it takes the lads a little kick about mm. to get it in the goal. Well, another thing I'd say about him, because I had him in my initial draft and I'll probably end up getting him back in mm-hmm. um, but I actually think his stats from last season are a little bit misleading okay. because he'd come off the back of, of quite a big injury right. and the season before he had something like 15 goals or something a much much better record okay. and that's after having like a full pre-season and, and gotcha. being at, at proper fitness levels uh, I thought he was probably the standout player in their playoff final okay. when they played against oh he got the winning goal right yeah uh, and it was Sessegnon who assisted him right. with a really, really nice pass. I thought he was brilliant. And I definitely think at 5.0, he is quite an attacking midfielder. And it's it's him and Sessegnon that are going to be the ones creating a lot of the chances. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, he's a really good, good option to look at, especially considering that Fulham, compared to Cardiff, yeah. are a more attacking team. Right. So Sessegnon is listed at 6.5, hmm. which I feel, is too, for me personally, is too steep. La- like, and the reason I'd never got gross in last year because mm. I think he was priced similarly and I was like it's just that little bit too much money mm. and I don't want to risk it yeah. for someone who I know isn't necessarily going to get a goal every game but obviously 15 goals and 6 assists last season for Sessegnon I mean it's a good it's record good, yeah yeah. I guess kind of the big thing with him is if he was listed as a defender he'd be one hell of a pick right but naturally I mean, I mean I think a lot of people are hoping against hope that he would be listed as a defender because he started as, as a left-back. Uh-huh. But then the majority of last season, he just ended up playing on the wing because he, he's obviously a big attacking threat. Yeah. Um, yeah, the issue I'd have with Sessegnon at 6.5 is you could have someone like Mkhitaryan at 7.0. Right. And he plays for Arsenal. And they have much better players who are going to finish chances. I mean, whether or not Mkhitaryan starts every game is a, yeah. a question, but... Paying that much for someone who you don't know how they're going to perform in the league, yeah. all you're going on is the hype. Mm. And we often see that the most hyped players are the ones that, that kind of end up falling a little bit flat. Right. Especially with young players. So he's one I kind of wait, wait and see, see how they get on in their first few fixtures mm-hmm. and then assess whether he's really worth going for. Yeah. And the third player I picked out from Fulham is Johansson, mm-hmm. who is on free kicks and that had me shook. Um, had the most shots on goal for Fulham last season. Interesting. That was nice. A chance creator, but did only score eight goals and create eight assists. Hmm. Which isn't none at all, but it's less than you'd hope for someone with the most shots on goal. Like, where's he putting them? Yeah, so... Where are they going? Basically, I I mean, I guess this makes sense because the only players they have are midfielders. But what we're saying is look to the midfield area for mm. for Fulham. And Kenny just seems like the most, you know, so easy to get in the team. 
He's going to start every game. Yeah. He plays quite an attacking role. If you're looking at goals and assists, I mean, you'd think Kenny and Sessegnon are going to be the two who are combining quite a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think as a value option, he's good. But the one thing I would mention is Sessegnon, he's really highly owned because obviously yeah. people are like freaking going mad for it. I got it. rid of him just now. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he's that's slightly percent- less owned <laughs> exactly. than he was. But we, who knows? Like 10 people might have brought him in. Yeah. 14% he's selected by at the moment. Which, which is, is quite a lot for someone who no one knows about. Exactly. Someone who's never played in the Premier mm-hmm. League. Someone who's, what, 18 years old. Like 19, it's, I think. It's 19. It's absolutely mad. All right, let's move on to Wolves. Yes. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Back in the league. Um, defensively sound with a total of 24 clean sheets in the Championship last season. Hmm. Hands yeah, up that's re- really good, yeah. Um... Obviously, to win the league, they were good at goals. I assume they won the league. Good at scoring goals, yeah, they did. Um, with, but more of twenty five, more than 25% of their goals came from set pieces, mm. which is quite nice. Everyone loves a set piece. And the third youngest team in the Championship last year. Yeah. Which is a stark contrast to Cardiff and their old men. Yeah. I guess the, the thing to note about Wolves is that they are... They were very much a Premier League team in the Championship. Right. Um, I don't really know what that means. As in, they have really really good players right. like the guy who I'm not entirely sure how he's affiliated with the club like what role he has but one of the super agents in, in football a guy called Jorge Mendes is closely associated with Wolves so basically all of his players go to Wolves uh... and yeah it just makes them a, a much much better team because they have players that you wouldn't typically be able to get to a championship club because okay. it's sort of like his stable of guys right um, and yeah they've obviously performed fantastically last year and kind of looked like the Man City of the Championship. And I mean, we saw that when they faced Man City. They held them to a to a nil-nil in the FA Cup. So, new signings, what we got? There are loads, and I don't really know who any of the men are, so I've just <laughs> okay. picked out one big one. But I've got quite a fun one. They've signed a Fobe from Bournemouth, uh-huh. which is quite strange. Yeah. And then just sent him straight out on loan to Stoke. Oh, okay. Bye! That is a strange one. <laughs> um, so Patricio is the, the big guy, right? Yes, Rui Patricio. 4.5 in the old game. I had assumed that surely he just walks in and takes the the goalkeeper spot from Ruddy? Yeah. Is that how we're saying Yeah, this? it is. Ruddy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nil. Um, and the price seems quite good, but I want a defender, so I'm not going to get Patricio. But okay. I think he's a good shout if you want like a weird differential second keeper. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good rotation option. There's, I think there's a lot yeah. this year. There's a lot of goalkeepers you could look at as uh, as rotation options. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like you say, big sort of clean sheet, uh, good clean sheet record last season. Yeah. But on top of that, they're a team that was made for the Premier League anyway. So, you know, they walk, they waltz their way up into the league. Yeah. And I don't suspect they'll have too much trouble staying up. Because okay. they have the quality. They have a good manager. They have a good squad. They've signed a, a goalkeeper of international sort of reputation yeah. so so yeah a good a good shout there I think okay my key players the one I will be getting in if I haven't already Douglas okay so he's 5 million defender joint most assists in the championship last season with 14 alongside our boy Robert Snodgrass oh okay so that's why that's why you want this boy yeah um, he's on corners um, 5.0 he is that's 5.0 is the only kind of I don't know what the word is, but the only thing the that makes me... The setback. Yeah. Sort of, mm. Because the likes of like Duncan Duffy are still sitting around at 4.5. Yeah. 
but I think he'll be worth it. And five, if you can afford it, which like choosing between a four point five and a five, I, I don't think at this stage is that big a deal. Mm. Of any promoter team that you're going to spend five point zero on, I totally do it with Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. So my other two picks are midfielders Jota and Costa. Mm-hmm. Jota at six point five, so same price as Sessegnon. 17 goals and 5 assists last season yeah. which sounds lovely if you ask me yeah so got him in as well so we're going really heavy on yeah the, you're the like the wolves yeah alright uh, and Costa who's only 5.5 he was injured for the first half of last season hmm. but was, was Wolves player of the year for the season before hmm. so his 5 goals and 6 assists from last season doesn't sound that great but this year when he's back, back to his old self, hmm. could be one to watch, I think. Yeah, and a little bit cheaper, 1.0 yeah. cheaper than Yota. Yeah. All right, should we get into the new managers and players for all the other non-promoty boys? Please. All right, we'll start with my boys, Arsenal. Uh, so we've got a new new manager, Unai Emery. I haven't even seen what this man looks like yet, so I'm quite hyped for the first, first <laughs> weekend of the season. So I'm convinced he looks like a uh, an evil head teacher or like someone from Harry Potter, but okay. I, when I say that to people, they don't seem to get it. So I don't know if it's just me or maybe someone out there is going to agree. But okay. uh, so Unai, he favours either a four two three one or four three three formation. The reason I bring that up is because the big question for Arsenal is what the hell are they going to do with their their you know they have two big strikers in Lacazette and Aubameyang. Right? Are they going to start both of them? If they are going to start both of them, are they going to play two up front? Are they going to put one on the wing? Are they going to do... Like, God knows. So so it's kind of a little bit up in the air at the moment. But I think we've got we've got a few new signings that look good. So you've got uh, Papastathopoulos. Yes. Was... Yeah, a.k.a. for anyone who is confused, yeah. uh, Socrates or Listed Socrates. on F- FPL as Socrates. So yeah. Papastathopoulos yeah. is going to get you nowhere, I'm afraid. Uh, he's 5.5 defender. I think he's likely to be the one who comes straight in for the injured Koscielny. Uh, we've also got Licksteiner, Guendouzi and Torreira. None of these players are ones I particularly look at for uh, for guys to bring in, especially for day one. Uh, because Guendouzi is just a young player. That's Torreira, an exciting name. It's, it's cool. He's got massive hair as well. Uh, Torreira is probably one of the most important signings, I think, because although he's not going to help you in FPL, right. he he's going to balance the team, which might help them score more goals or be more effective in attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, none of these are really worth looking at. Maybe Licksteiner if he starts to nail down a place, but I think he's been signed as a backup to Hector Bellerin. Okay. Um, so that, those are all the new things and I think the the thing to look at with Arsenal is they have two tough fixtures opening the season they have Man City and Chelsea but the good thing is after that it gets a lot more favourable and they have a more balanced squad than they've ever had and they have a manager who is known for being organised and also working his teams really hard so Unai Emery is known for having more organisation in his right. pack so I think overall they could be a very good option to look at. I think most people are going to shy away for those first two yeah, fixtures. Sure. Right, Brighton and Hove Albion, Natalie's favourite yeah, homeboys. I don't look. The situation is I don't know who any of these men are who they've okay. signed, but they've been doing a lot of things, Chris Hughes, yeah. down there in Brighton, just doing some bits. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, we have lost Steve Sidwell. Uh, I think that's that's the big news here. After being injured for the entirety of last season. Uh, yeah, I can not literally playing. hear people scratching their heads. <laughs> not, like, Sid, not playing a second Who? of Premier League football. 
Um, Poor guy. So who have we got? Who are the new boys? Um, Bernardo, a defender. Okay, I have no idea who this is. This man has so many names. Right, which is why they've given to, him the Bernardo. Do you one. want me to? No, Bernardo is one of his names. If you yeah, but why they've chosen that one, I guess. If you just hold on, Bernardo Fernandez de Silva Jr. Okay, so he's he Brazilian, came, I guess. He came from RB Leipzig. I assumed this was a big signing because he came from like a club that people have heard of. But at the same time, he's the same price as Duncan Duffy at four point five, and we know that Duncan Duffy are going to play. We know that they're good. I, whenever people say Duncan Duffy, I just hear it as Duncan Duffy, like oh, it's some like kind Duncan of Donuts. yeah. Um, you've written this man on and on, is that and on and um, yeah. So signed on a relatively low fee uh, from the relegated Deportivo La Coruña. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm so hyped. Please tell me more. As, yeah, so I kind of looked into this guy a little bit, and the reason I wanted to look into him is just because. I don't really understand what Brighton's striker situation um, is. And so alongside and who who and Don and Don at five million, they've also just today um, signed this man whose name I can't pronounce. Johan Baksh. Him from um, some team in the Eredivisie. But last year he scored twenty one entire goals and yeah. had twelve assists as well, which is really that's damn good. Shook me right up. So, um, we don't know how much he's going to be in the game because... He's not in it, yeah. It was fresh. It's fresh. It's yeah. fresh breaking news. Just, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'd probably start him. Yeah. Uh, so, do we know... Is he like a midfielder or a striker? I... I think he's a winger from what I was, was gathering. Oh. Because he was involved he in the is. World Cup. And I remember listening to uh, World Cup previews. Not I heard a bit about this guy. Primarily a forward. Yeah. If we're looking at striker options, I think Andone... From what I hear, he's a hard-working sort of player. He's 5.0, so he is cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a hard-working sort of runner. And I think when you look at their other options, you've got Murray, mm. has Getting no legs. It, I mean, he's, he's, a good, he's a good goal poacher, but he, he, doesn't, he can't yeah. run much. Um, I think Locardia, wasn't he playing a bit more wide and not really up front for, for Brighton? I don't know. It seems like this Johan Baksh is the, the guy you should be looking at if anyone from Brighton in the attack. But we'll see how they get on. But yeah, like they're, they're very much one of those, those teams where I think that centre-back pairing is a, or Matt Ryan are the standout options. Yeah. and just nervous. But, oh, and they've signed a new goalkeeper as well, which I thought was probably quite important for when Matt Ryan goes off to do his Asian Cup. Yeah, no, January. you're quite right. Oh, it was Button from Fulham. Yeah, okay. Who was trash at Fulham, allegedly. The kind of flip side for Brighton is they don't have the easiest run in to begin the season, so. But the... I mean, when did Brighton ever have an easy run? Yeah, it, you kind of had the same thing with Huddersfield last year where you'd write them off and then they beat Man United and mm. you'd be like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, but I would say Duncan Duffy at any point in the season is still good options just because of their threat from set pieces. And surely, I know this is kind of a gambler's fallacy, but surely <laughs> at some point, if they keep getting shots on target... They'll get a goal. Uh, yeah, and I think Duffy had some freaking mental expected goal stats last season. So, right, possibly one of the ones I'm more, most excited for anyway uh, is Maurizio Sarri coming in as Chelsea manager. I, again, don't know who this so, man is, or what he looks like, so can't wait. Can't so wait he looks jokes. He, he wears, like, these weird sort of circle rim glasses. Some of us need glasses and to see, Dan. he chain smokes. And he's got previous for saying sort of, like, sexist or, like, ma- making slightly uh, controversial remarks. Right. And I guess your mileage may vary on how, how much of a, a bad guy you think he is. I feel like Conte was, um, like, a, an anomaly at Chelsea mm. for being just, like, a bit too... 
normal and level-headed. Yeah. Like, I think really... Which is fascinating, <laughs> something to say <laughs> so about like Antonio Conte. Yeah, like, you need a, like, they seem to need a madman uh, yeah. running the show. They're a bit of a basket case club, but they still, <laughs> they've been the most successful club in English football over the last 10 years or something, yeah. so it's, it's kind of amazing, really. But aside from his uh, controversies, like, he is seen as one of the best tactical managers in world football. Okay. One of the the things that he's known for is not rotating his team at all. So from FPL perspective, that's kind of good news when you have an idea of who he's playing. Okay. Um, but I think you're going to see a big departure from the way that Chelsea played under Conte. So it's going to be a much more attacking philosophy. Uh, so he's come from Napoli where they play a very fast sort of um, Barcelona-esque but but faster style of play, where it's all about quick short passing and getting the ball forward as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jorginho has been one of the players that's come in, and he's he was the the player at Napoli who played this sort of like deeper lying playmaker role. So they've come together. Yeah, exactly. That's so cute. He, he's taken him. <laughs> I saw the Napoli president had accused Sari of trying to take the entire Napoli team. Well, I mean, you to would, Chelsea you? with him. Like, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. what I'd do. Like, yeah. oh, I don't really know how to make signings. Yeah. I guess I'll just poach these lads. Yeah, exactly. And he knows, I think, with Jorginho, he's the sort of player who's 5.0, he's a midfielder. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's... Again, he's another one that's not going to be a particularly good option for your fantasy league team. But the thing he is good for is that he is good at dictating the pace of play and he's good at... has an insane, like, pass completion uh, percentage. Right. And is just a really, really, really good player. They're, they're going to have a strange sort of transition period... Because they're going from playing sort of defensive football yeah. to going to this 4-3-3 sort of style. And there are a lot of rumours at the moment about Thibaut Courtois, Eden Hazard and Willian all potentially leaving. Mm-hmm. The former two with Real Madrid and Willian has been linked with Barcelona. So the team could look very different by the end of the summer. Uh, but it is an exciting one. And I think you're going to see Chelsea playing some sort of interesting football compared to what we've seen for the last few years. The question is, can you pick any of their players? Can you sign any of them for FPL with so much up in the air? Yeah, like, my... I'd forgotten that Loftus-Cheek was a Chelsea, Chelsea player. Chelsea player, yeah. And he's back there now. But yeah. why are we back post Rissy Dortmund? Yeah. What does this mean for them? Like, can they feasibly get into this team? Yeah. And obviously they've been linked with the likes of Higuain from Juventus, with Juventus signing Ronaldo just recently. I think Golovin is having his medical as right. we speak. He he should be signing for Chelsea soon. Who is that? Uh, played for Russia Cup? in the World Cup. Yeah, Golovin is I sort of like the, the hypest young Russian player. Golovin, like you know, Golovin <laughs> super bad. Yeah, like Golovin. I assume he's going to be a replacement for someone like Willian, who right. they're looking to get about fifty-five million for. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really strange because I've currently got Azpilicueta in my side, and obviously. Chelsea been known for the last few years being really really solid defensively. I don't know if that's going to happen under under Sari because they're going to be playing a very different style of football. But they do still have strong strong defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's no one really at their new signings that I'd look at and I'd be like, you have to get these. We don't know how much Golovin's going to cost. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how how well these new players are going to gel. And it's, it's going to be a very interesting season to watch for them. Moving on from old Sari boy, we've got Leicester, Leicester City, previously famous for winning the league and, and such other endeavours. <laughs> so Leicester are looking interesting this season. Obviously, they've lost a big player, but they've got some good signings. Okay. Uh, and I think 
they're looking to be more balanced than they have been in, in recent years. So Johnny Evans is the first one who seemed perennially, perennially linked with Arsenal and with other big... Uh, I think he was linked with Man United as well, because obviously West Brom were getting relegated. They're having a terrible season. I was going to ask, is this West Brom Evans? Yeah, exactly. Johnny Evans. So he's a defender at 5.0. I think he's a much-needed signing for Leicester because if we look at their their central defence for the last few seasons, it's very old. I don't know where Huth plays, but he's gone now. Yeah, so he he is a central defender. Well, he's gone now. Yep. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, he he was obviously instrumental. Him and Morgan, very instrumental Mm -hmm. in their league-winning season. But after that, they just seemed to drop off a cliff, really. And, And Morgan... I think last year you really saw how much he was sort of on the wane. And Maguire was a good signing for them, but he didn't really have anyone to play alongside him. They didn't have much depth in that position. And I think you actually saw a lot more clean sheets sort of happening when they had guys like Ben Luane coming into the the team and Dragovic. So I think you're going to see a new starting centre-back partnership between Evans and Maguire. Obviously, Maguire's had a brilliant World Cup. Evans is a bit older. I think he's 30, 31, but he's experienced. He's a good Premier League player. Should tighten them up a little bit. Ricardo Pereira is perhaps one of the more exciting signings because, again, in defence for for Leicester, they've had Danny Simpson play in that position for the last two, three years. And he's just not very good at, at attacking. Like, he's right. a solid defender, but he doesn't offer much going the other way. Right. And obviously, losing Mares, you're going to want someone down that right-hand side who can actually create something. Uh, so he's come from Porto for £22 million. He's... 5.0 defender and he got two goals and seven assists last year from right back which is a pretty damn good record mm-hmm. and he's a much more attacking fullback than what we've seen so he likes to dribble and likes to contribute with key passes in the final third had the most dribbles completed by any defender in Liga Nos which is the Portuguese league and ranked second for tackles in the league, despite playing for a team that regularly kept 60% possession in right. every game. So he wasn't even needing to tackle. Exactly. I think he's a really, really interesting signing for them. And if he can get anywhere near those seven assists, I mean, it's quite rare you see fullbacks getting, you know, that level of yeah. assists in the Premier League. And two goals as well from, from that position. He's also quite versatile. So he can play at left back if needed. He can play on the wing if needed, because that's where he, he initially started. So... Yeah, I think that's a very exciting one, alongside James Madison, who they've also picked up for £22 Uh, He came from Norwich last year, and he scored 14 goals and got 8 assists. So Norwich are going to be wrecked this season. uh, Yeah, that's that's the weird thing. They failed to score many goals. So, I have done here, they scored 49 goals in the league. Okay. Bearing in mind, Madison scored 14 and assisted 8 of those. That's almost half of their goals. And there are only five teams who scored fewer goals in the championship that season. And he must be good, right? Yeah. He's a player I hadn't really heard of because I don't... Personally, I don't follow the championship. I'm just... But I do think Leicester have really lacked a player in his position. And they tried a lot of players there last year. They tried Mares to play behind the striker. They uh, tried Okazaki, tried Damari Gray, uh, Diabate. Mm. All of these players played that position. But no one really seemed to suit it. So I think what they've done is they've they've thought, you know what, we'll go for someone who is a natural in that position and someone who hopefully is going to find find Vardy for those through balls. That One of the things that I thought was particularly compelling is that he made the most key passes in the championship last season with 124. Key pass, basically anything that leads to a shot or a chance. Right. That's a really, really good number. And considering that Vardy's entire game is getting in behind the defenders. Yeah. 
that is something that they're going to miss without hmm. without Mahrez. So okay. I think he, at 6.5, he's actually a really, really interesting midfield option. We don't really know what to expect from Leicester, but I think Puel's had a season now. He's kind of been able to figure out like how he wants the team to play, which sorts of players he wants. And yeah. it's the first time he's be, been able to make some proper signings. So I actually think they could could be in for quite a decent season, despite losing their biggest player. Yep. Uh, Liverpool have also gone crazy on the signings. So the first one we're going to come to is Alisson, who, right. who is a 5.5 goalkeeper. And, you know, anyone who's watched football for the last year would probably pick out goalkeeper as a, a problem position for Liverpool. Yeah. I'm kind of of a more considered viewpoint because I actually think Karius was quite good last season. Yeah. Obviously, with the exception of the Champions League clangers. So would Liverpool, would Liverpool have been looking for a goalkeeper anyway? I mean, they've been looking for a goalkeeper for the for past the two, three years. And right. Alisson so has been made... the player they've been strongly linked with right. for some time. They have picked up the keeper with the third highest save percentage in Europe, in all of Europe's top leagues, that is. Where did he come from? Uh, so he's come from Roma. Okay. And he actually, I think last season was his first proper season as number one for Roma. But he's been the Brazilian number one for an, a yeah, number of years. this is still blowing my mind that, like, that Edison isn't... Yeah, Brazil's not their number one. Number one. Perhaps the most enticing stat is uh, his zero errors leading to goals in the league. But then, interestingly, Carrius actually had zero errors leading to goals this season. Interesting. It was only in the, the Champions Jumping. League that he actually committed any errors. So mm. he did beat out Carrius by about 10% on, on his uh, save percentage, I okay. think. But he's widely seen as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I mean, they broke their, the goalkeeping transfer record, pretty much doubled it with a, a 66 million transfer. So he's he's got to be good, right? Yeah. So he's coming in at 5.5. You'd think that would make their clean sheet prospects a bit better. Yeah. Uh, you've also got Naby Keita, Shakiri, and Fabinho, all midfield signings. Sorry, just another note about Alisson that just popped into my head. So Alisson actually is now cheaper than Robertson and Van Dijk. Oh, God. That are yeah. the picks <laughs> that you would have made in, yeah. in a, a defensive role for Liverpool. Yeah, that's an interesting one because then you have the sort of save point argument, mm. the bonus points versus the attacking threat. Yeah. Of, of the other two. Uh, so Nabi Keita, Shakiri, and Fabinho. I think Keita is the, the real exciting one for me. Okay. Um, so most of my experience with Keita has admittedly been seeing highlight reels on YouTube and he just looks really, really good. So he, he's got this kind of um, knack for finding the through ball, finding the striker with uh, kind, kind of passes you can't, you can't even see that they're on. But he makes them somehow, and I think that's going to be something with the likes of Salah and Mane up ahead of him. That's going to be a really, really valuable skill. But he's also a sort of box-to-box player, so he does he contributes defensively, but also in attack. Um, I expect him to play a bit further forward for Liverpool than he did for Leipzig. And he still managed six goals on five assists last year out of 27 games. Got sent off twice as well, which oh. I quite like. Admittedly, it was his last season and he knew he was leaving for Liverpool, I think, from the beginning of the season. Okay. So I wonder if he kind of down tools a little bit. Mm. Not the best sort of thing to, to have in your mind when no. you're like, oh, I want to get this guy in my fantasy team. But previously he had a spotless record, no red cards. Okay. Um, yeah, he's, he's a very, very good player. I think at 7.5 midfielder, he's in that much more affordable price range. Uh, Shakiri, we know all about Shakiri. He was he was good last season. I just hate you him. You hate him because he's small and he has a big body. 
but 7.5 as well. I mean, I expect that he's going to be a rotation f- mm. option for Salah and Mane. Yeah. But also he could come into that sort of number 10 role like Coutinho back in the day. That's kind of the role that I expect Cater to assume behind the striker. But I don't know. Cater is, you know, knowing him as a, a box-to-box player, he could play alongside Fabinho a bit deeper. I probably wouldn't go for him purely because, you know, why not just go for Mane or Salah? Yeah. If you're, if you're going to go for a Liverpool player or Cater, because I just think they're more exciting. And Shakiri's been a, a sort of decent signing that will make their squad stronger. Mm-hmm. But that's nothing more than that. Uh, Fabinho at 6.0, he's kind of a trade-up on Emre Chan. He's a defensive midfielder. He's more athletic. He's not going to get much in the ta- uh, in the way of goals. He might get the odd one, but he's not where you should be looking in, okay. in Liverpool midfield. Man City, one signing so far. I can do this. Yeah. I know about Mares. Tell, tell us a little bit about old, old Mares. He scores, old scores goals a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does like a your goal. Apart from when like he wants to go to another club and then people oh. don't let him. <laughs> but hopefully he doesn't want to do that anymore because he's got a new club. Yeah, and this is the club that he wanted all along. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, nine million. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm worried about rotation. Okay. <laughs> but Who you isn't? hope that Mares not playing this summer will be ready and raring to go. He's played pre-season, right? He's oh, playing this at is the moment. basically my, my take on, on Mares, you know? Like... A lot of people are kind of looking at it as like, oh, but rotation. But look at the amount of City players, key attacking City yeah, players. Yeah, so it's like Sane and Mahrez are right in there, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the one sort of question mark is, you know, obviously without De Bruyne, that's assuming that Pep doesn't rush De Bruyne back. Without De Bruyne, are they going to be as... Because uh, he's such an important player for them. Are they going to be as effective? I don't really know... But I think Mares is a top-class player, yeah. and now he's finally in a, a squad of players who are of similar level to him. Yeah, and post-Arsenal um, on the first weekend, hmm. these fixtures... The fixtures are glorious, aren't they? Yeah. 9.0 is a bargain price. Mm. He may not play every game as the season goes on, but he's a very, very promising option to start with. But yeah, he's kind of the, the one new signing. We might see more from them soon. I've got a special mention for like a new signing. Yep. Little Benjamin Mendy. Oh, I love him so much. He's back. He's not injured anymore. Thank God. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long time coming, right? Uh, so I think the preseason is going to be very important for Mendy because it's going to allow him to get fully up to fitness. Uh, I don't know if he's actually back with the squad yet. I've no idea. Because obviously he did without playing too much for France. Mm. He did go all the way to the end of the tournament. He's probably not even wearing a t-shirt still. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but it's his chance to kind of nail down his. Stake his claim as the first choice left back, and if he does, I like I wouldn't say go for him for uh, day one of the season. Yeah. Because I don't think he's gonna start, but I think he's gonna have an opportunity to get in 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 a uh, sort of like three four weeks into the season, and if he does well, he could be a really really good option. He's six point It's too much for me, I'm afraid. It's a bit much. It's a bit much, but I do think his obviously City's defensive game is pretty good they mm. uh i think they had one less clean sheet than united last year right. which is very very strong uh, but also his attacking game is very good he's got a very good delivery and if you've got the likes of jesus and aguero and even Mares and sterling playing well then he can be he can be a very very good option all right moving on to the other side of manchester I say the other side. They're probably right next to each other. I don't even know. Oh, no idea. <laughs> um, we've got we've got the red guys, the red devils, 
Not the Belgian ones. The other ones. Yeah, so they've made two signings so far. More than anything, I think Pogba looks a, a more interesting option, purely because of the signing of Fred. Right. Or Fredgy, as, uh, as you're supposed to say if you're Brazilian. Uh, so he's a defensive midfielder. He's 6.0. My kind of... Uh, and this is a little bit of a simplistic take, but I think he's been bought to fulfil a little bit of a like N'Golo Kante role so that Pogba can go and attack. Okay. Um, because he's a defensive midfielder, very combative, but also very good at playing, uh, kind of like Jorginho, actually. He's he's defensive, but he's a good ball player. He's right. good at passing. Okay. Um, he's not a player that you'd want in, in FPL. I think he takes free kicks, but right. you don't want someone just because they take free kicks. Yeah. And yeah, it looks like it's going to be promising for Pogba. Elsewhere, they've only actually signed Diogo Dallo, who... At 5.5, he's basically a no-go because he's a 19-year-old. Uh, I think he's a, a full-back. I think he can play right or left. But the problem with him is he's just been ruled out with injury for two months. And I don't think he was going to start anyway. So, <laughs> oh, Well, we'll see him around Christmas. Again, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll refer to him later. We'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, Newcastle. Okay, I'm ready. Again. I'm ready. Three key signings. Three key signings. <laughs> oh, Do you get it? Because they've just signed Ki Sung Young. Oh, have they now? <laughs> um, from Swansea, we know what we're getting. Midfield, five million. That's nice. So there are the two actual permanent... Oh, no. So one actual permanent signing in Dubravka, uh, yep. which is really nice for them because he was great when he came in. 5.0. Yeah. Uh, bit much for me. Mm. But it's good. It's 0.5 too much. But um, He was fantastic last season. Though. Great for them. And Kennedy back again on loan from Chelsea for the season. Hmm. What a nice time. Yeah, and he was brilliant as well. Like, this is a frustrating thing. Benitez, man, he gets mugged off every year. Every year, the chairman says, oh, we'll give you we'll give you loads of money. Right. We'll get him the players he wants. He signed Key and Dubravka. Yeah, you and signed two. And signing you've, yeah, Kennedy. You've got two guys who you had last season just back again. Yeah. And you've signed Key Sung Yeah. It's from a relegated Swansea. Yeah. It's... It's a real shame for him because I think he's going through the motions of just, you know what, the manager will get us out of this. It's fine. He'll keep us in the Premier League. It's not very forward thinking, but those two options, Dubravka and Kennedy, I do like. Not so sure about Key. He's one of those players that one game a season will be... Great. Like, he'll get like 20 points. <laughs> yeah. And if you have him for that game, yeah, you're fucking laughing. But elsewhere, nah. Um, Southampton. Buffal is gone. Oh, Yay! really? He's left? Yeah, I could tell you where he's gone to, but I didn't care. I was just so glad that he'd left. I'm curious. Celta Vigo? Oh, okay. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And Tadic has gone to Ajax. Yeah, that was a strange one. Rest in peace, Tadic. But the best thing about that is just we don't have to have that start of the season. Oh. Is Tadic actually going to be good this year? Yeah. Because he has the talent. So, the big mystery here is Angus Gunn, who Southampton signed. Mm. 4.5 million goalkeeper in the old FPL. I'd put McCarthy straight in my team as my second mm. choice keeper. Which honestly is something I was very close to doing and really kind of wanted to do. <laughs> because he was so good at the end of last season, he ended yeah. up being Southampton's player of the season. Which is incredible. Yeah. So yeah, it's absolutely anyone's guess which of the two of them is going to start. Mm. Because you wouldn't want to not start someone who's genuinely played really well for you last season. But then you haven't just bought this guy for him to sit on the bench. Yeah. And they signed him for, what, 13 million or something from Man City. Something like that, yeah. You have to assume that they've bought him to be their starter. Yeah. Yeah, I did mean defender when I was talking about. <laughs> I've even written defender there. 
Um, <laughs> five million. Allegedly, this lad's quite good. Um, Vestergaard, we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I saw him score like a a belting goal. I, I didn't actually think it was in a game, but he just just scoring kicked the ball from like the halfway line. Well, and good got for in the him. Top corner. Good for him and good for Southampton. Maybe we'll defend this year. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know a lot about him. Do you? I don't know. Do you have any stats? No. He's five point He's a, a defender. He's yeah. male. Um, I think like he sounds Dutch. The man who wrote the preseason guide for Southampton reckoned he'd be straight in the team. Yeah, it seems because like they it. need to have someone there. Yeah, they need a, a sort of defensive leader there. And the other lad I've got here is Elianusi. Yeah, is that how we're saying that? Yeah, yeah. I think um, so. so he's this is a midfielder, but from what I understand, he's actually a forward. Hmm. It's Basel, right? <laughs> FC Basel. Yeah, sure. In the Swiss league. Hmm. 11 goals last season. I kind of like like him. I don't know enough about him, though. And I, I'm i kind of unsure. You know, so when you sit around and you think, well, maybe I should have researched this. Yeah. That's currently me right It's now. kind of hard to do with Southampton because I've got a couple of things sort of um, I want to say about Southampton. Okay, go on. Right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. First things first. Remember rest. what happened last season with Southampton. Yeah, where yeah, every, yeah. Every we were season. all like, oh, wow, they have great fixtures. Yeah, every season. Oh, they're probably going to keep loads of clean sheets because they're solid defensively. And they're quite a good team. Mm-hmm. And then they kept one clean sheet in like the first seven games. And we all had Cedric or like, I don't know, Bertrand or Forster or whatever. That that was a really bad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also same for Gabbiadini. And now they've got Mark Hughes in. So they did, obviously, they had an upturn in fortunes. They were a little bit better towards the end of the season. But I still don't think they were convincing by any stretch. And I know they were in a relegation battle. I know everyone was fighting hard. Their first five fixtures were Burnley, Everton, Leicester and Palace. uh, And then Brighton. Like, those don't sound like fixtures that are easy wins or easy clean sheets for Southampton bearing in mind what mm. we know about them. I'm a little bit sceptical, and oh, I'd I'm wait and see on Mark that Hughes. anyone should get any of these players in, unless we knew who the goalkeeper was, yeah. and then I'd think about it. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting option, especially at 4.5. Uh, but I just don't know what to make of Mark Hughes yet, because obviously it was sacked from Stoke for them dramatically falling from grace. Mm. And I just don't really think you should be getting dragged into the old... Southampton conundrum yeah, again. I mean, like the, the one positive is a lot of their players have had a price downgrade, so at least you're not spending right. quite so much. But yeah. All right, so West Ham, I'm, I'm calling it now. Are they, are they the. Well, I say I'm calling it. I'm not ready to commit. Are they the Burnley of this season? No, are they the Everton of this season? They're making all the sign ins, uh, and we're like, oh, look, all these good sign ins. They're spending a lot of money. Oh, they're getting them done really and early. They do nothing. And then they're going to be absolute shit and just concede the most goals in the league and end up hiring Sam Allardyce to steady the ship. Most re- Not most relevant, but the biggest one is Manuel Pellegrini coming in, previously of Manchester City. Um, well, well-renowned manager and a very good manager. Right. I uh, had a very good stint at Man City. Who's He's recently been at Hebei China Fortune, though, <laughs> been chilling in... Uh, in China. I love that China's a thing. I yeah. love that players play in China. Like, yeah, it's so get, mad get to me. Get all the money and because zero like... of the effort. Um, so yeah, they, they've got Pellegrini, he's a good manager, and yep. he's been reunited with the sporting director he worked with back in, in Malaga in Spain. Uh, so you kind of have to assume that those guys working together on these signings, they have some semblance of a plan and they know what they're doing, but it's West Ham. 
So you always have doubts. Mm. You always think West Ham always look like oh, they should the be good. The fans are probably still mad about that stadium, aren't they? Yeah, there's there's all kinds of trouble behind the scenes. Uh, so far, they've got Issa Diop. He's yeah. uh, he's come in. Four point five. Uh, he's come from Toulouse, who just about survived in Ligue 1 last season. He scored three goals last year, and okay. he's quite a threat in the air because he's basically a big guy. Uh, he's a young player as well, and he's he's very very much a guy with all the physical attributes you'd expect for a good Premier League player. Um, he's quite highly rated as well, and yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a good signing to all intents and purposes. I guess probably the problem is that West Ham had the joint worst defensive record in the league last season. Who's West Ham's keeper now? Fabianski. Oh, sorry. So, I, ahead. I mean, I should have put this right at the top, so I, I'm not going to hold that against you. But this is what I'm putting down as perhaps the most important signing, maybe of the season, for, for any teams I've seen so far. Mm. Um, purely because of the difference that it will make to this club in particular. Yeah. Obviously, they had Adrian and Joe Hart routinely both making errors last season. And the amount of points a guy like Fabianski can, can save you yeah. just through making wonder saves, saving penalties, it should be significant. Even if their defence doesn't come together, yeah. I think they'll concede there. less. Just because he's been probably one of the top sort of three goalkeepers consistently for the last two, three seasons in the Premier League. And at 4.5... That is an insane bargain. Mm. And they've got Liverpool on the first day. And I'm just thinking, I've got Fabianski. I'm going to play him against Liverpool. Because if Liverpool win, yeah. I'll, I'll have Salah and Cater anyway. But if he makes like 20 saves, like he didn't he do that last season against Liverpool? He oh. made like 12 saves yeah, or something. Yeah, and everyone was livid because he got three bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like... He, he, He's put the work fantastic. in. Yeah, because I think they lost anyway, but... But they were really, really good. Yeah. Uh, he was really, really good, sorry. Uh, Ryan Fredericks also, who's come from Fulham. Okay. Uh, so he featured in the, the playoff final. Should have been sent off in that game because he stomped on someone. He's at 5.0. He assisted seven in the championship last season in 47 matches. There were only 47 ga- uh, 46 games in the championship. <laughs> yeah, but he played playoff. 5.0, though, a little bit more expensive. I think Issa Diop looks like a more compelling option purely right. because set-piece threat. And also he had a... I think he had a really, really good pass completion rate in uh, in Toulouse. I think his average was 79%. Okay. Which is 70% gets you, like, four bonus points in the, the BPS or something. So okay. it's pretty good. Um, Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko are perhaps two of the, the more... I don't want to say Everton-esque, but the more questionable signings that could come really good. I guess you could lump Wilshire in with this, actually. Okay. Because you've got three players who definitely have the talent, have the ability to go really far. Uh, so Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko, both attacking midfielders, both priced at 7.0. Uh, I think Yarmolenko scored three goals last year and assisted five, but only made 17 appearances for Dortmund. Okay. Uh, Felipe Anderson scored four and assisted seven in Serie A in Italy. Both highly rated players who've been uh, sort of tipped for greatness in, in their younger years, right. kind of come into their mid-twenties now, and it's sort of make-or-break time. Mm. Um, Felipe Anderson is the one who's particularly compelling to me because he's just a pace machine. And I think uh, he's seen as being quite frustrating, like he misses a lot of chances. It looks like one of these could be a, a great a great pick. I don't think Wilshire is one you should be looking at. He is 5.0. It's a big season for him. But we know he, he doesn't play a particularly attacking role. He's more in that sort of deeper 
area of the pitch. I don't think he's going to contribute too much in terms of goals or assists. But you never know. If you want someone for 5.0, could be a good little little buy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think Fabianski is the, the absolute yeah. shoe-in to, I think, most teams. Yeah. Purely because the difference he can make. And if, if they can keep some clean sheets as well, Maybe that defence tightens yeah, up. Yeah, he's the answer to my McCarthy yeah. blunder. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of exciting for West Ham because... Pellegrini is a more attacking manager, so you right. might see a little bit more adventure from uh, mm. West Ham this year. All right, so I guess we're on to the last last little bit. Yeah, so my teams who have done little or nothing in terms of signings. Um, Spurs, literally nothing. Bournemouth, like, one, and I didn't care. <laughs> um, so we'll gloss over it. Burnley, none. No signings. Sorry, Sean, but we're playing in Europe. Next week! <laughs> um, so absolutely no signings thus far, which is making me extremely nervous. Mm. Um, Crystal Palace also only made one signing. I don't know how to say this lad's name, though. Gaita? I think it's Gaita, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, a goalkeeper, Spanish, which is it? nice. Um, 4.5. So I guess him and Hennessy will have a like, nice little uh, little fight for it. Yeah, I mean, you have to assume that he's been signed to be their number one, because there are another team, like so many in here, They've just had goalkeeping problems for years and no manager has ever been able to settle on a, on a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so that's that. But to be honest, I think if you're looking in defensive roles at Crystal Palace, you look for Tomkins or Patrick van Aanholt or even Juan Bissaka. Like, that's they love for Mamadou Sacco. <laughs> no. Palace haven't lost a Premier League game hmm. where Sacco and Tomkins have played hmm. together. Does it say how many games that, that 13... Is? 13, 10 1, 3 drawn. Right, okay. Wan is he going to be starting yeah, when the season like starts? Looks like it. He started at the end of last season, didn't he? And there's definitely, like, he's started all of the preseason games. There was a bit where whoever the hell Palace's manager is currently. Hodgson. Yep. Where he was like, this is the. Whichever team he put out for a preseason mm. this week, and he this was is like, be "This like is the Premier League team." Yeah, this is what I'm. Well, one Bissaka at four point oh. Yeah, get him in, lads. Yeah. That's nah. the hype. That's the Reddit hype, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Everton. Oh God. Oh, Here we are. we're over. Rooney is over. We'll never have to watch Rooney play football ever again. Yeah, hopefully not. Well, I'm sure there'll be. He'll find no. some way of forcing us. No, it's over. And I'm gassed. I mean, this is good news for Sigurdsson, right? Like, I really think it's good news for absolutely for every single person in the world. The planet, but... yeah. Yeah. We have got some goalkeeper chaos, though, because um, old Robles. How <laughs> 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 are you saying his name? AKA Joel Robles. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's is he out. gone? Yeah, transferred out. Do you want me to tell you where to? Uh, yeah, why not? I quite. We may as well keep it consistent. <laughs> We've been. Um, Rail Betis. Oh, okay. No one going to Spain. How do you say that? Yeah, that's pretty much right. Real Betis. Yeah. Right. He's gone there. So, only two goalkeepers now. Pickford and Stecklenburg. And... Pickford's been on on a little jolly. Yeah, In the uh, so, little thing called the World Cup. Yeah, so Stecklenburg's their only keeper currently. Well, I'm sure they've got a man from... Like a child. Yeah, like a youth team guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've got someone somewhere. Like Pickford Walker-Peters or something. <laughs> exactly. 
But um, Stekkenberg is also allegedly carrying a groin injury. But he has been playing yeah. all of the pre-seasons because, uh, God forbid, they find Because they have no one else. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, can we get Ross Barkley back and put him in goal or something? <laughs> we should mention that Marco Silva has, has come in as manager now. Yeah, I, I'm really unsure what to make of him because I was really impressed with him when he came in at Hull. And I think he started really well for Watford. But then, obviously, Everton sacked Koeman. And they wanted to get Marco oh, Silva. And there was that big drama, wasn't yeah. there? Okay, and it's like Richarlison had this fantastic start to the season where he kept scoring. Mm. And then as soon as the Marco Silva rumours started happening, just Richarlison did. just turned to shit. Yeah. And uh, but Marco Silva's come in. And I guess, you know, it's a more exciting manager than Allardyce was. You, you're hoping he'll be able to get something out of the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, without Rooney, you're hoping Sigurdsson will get that sort of number 10 role. But... He wants to sign Richarlison for fifty million, and apparently his medical's going on today, oh, which is a lot of money for a, a guy who scored what like seven goals yeah. or something, and then just completely. I guess Markham thinks he can make him good. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing I'd be a little bit worried about. Though it's like he worked with this guy for what like three months. Yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, he must be the best," <laughs> but. His attitude change, like I know it must be hard if you're a player and there's a manager you like you get on with, mm. there's speculation around them, but the level of the drop, it kind of worries me a lot about like yeah. his, his mentality. And two more things, Watford, um, Ben Foster from West Brom, that's nice isn't it? It's nice, don't know quite what to make of it but he's a good goalkeeper. Um, and... How am I selling Delafoe's De- De name? Delafoe? Yeah, him. He's signed permanently <laughs> now, so that's nice. Well, how many times has this happened oh, in the Premier League over the last two, three years? It's like Delafoe is in Barcelona, and now he's in some other Spanish club, and now he's at Everton, and now he's at Barcelona, and now he's at Everton again, <laughs> and now he's on loan at Watford, and now he's back to Barcelona, and now he's signed for Watford permanently. So that's where he is. Um, 5.5. Um, ben Foster's 4.5. Finally, Huddersfield. I'm just going to read you the big guys, and I'll save the big, the big one for oh, <laughs> the just, big reveal. Lads, we've got a massive reveal for Huddersfield. We should have foreshadowed this at the You're beginning of the podcast. It. So the guys they've got. So they've got Ben Hamer, who's a nice backup goalkeeper for Jonas Lersel, who they've just signed permanently. Yes, I like Lersel. I like Lersel too, and I think that's cool for them. Um, you do you have a bit for Eric Durham who they've signed from Dortmund? I don't know an awful lot about him. Well, to they've be signed him too. Ramadan Sobi from Stoke. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. And Pongolo on a perma from uh, from Monaco after his loan spell last season. The big news is, everybody. I'm shaking. Rob Green has been released by Huddersfield. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Rob Green. We no longer need to worry about Rob Green ever appearing in the Premier League <laughs> this season. You know what? Someone will pick him up. Cardiff. I bet Cardiff will. It like, wouldn't surprise me. No one Neil Warnock going back to the old well. Wouldn't even be surprised if Crystal Palace pick him up at this yeah, point. Yeah, to be fair. Um, Hodgson being like, oh, <laughs> reunited with my boy. So that's our, that's my big news for today. <laughs> that's, that's some good news to kind of close the uh, football chat on, actually. That's good to hear. All right, cool. So I think that about wraps up our, uh, what was this, New Year? New, new me, me part two. New then me. New Year, new me two. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please subscribe, review, rate on uh, your chosen podcast app. We'd be very appreciative. Yeah. You can get in contact with us at all times on Twitter, at The Denalysis, or via email, hello at thedenalysis.com. I haven't checked the email. I can't 24-7. So we'll be back next week for a... 
August preview. Yeah, we'll probably get new... a little bit of pre-season stuff in there. Oh, yeah. The old, oh, so-and-so scored 20 goals this week. Let's get him in. Hopefully some more pre-season games will have happened because we're only... Two weeks less away. Less than three weeks until the start of the season, yeah. Mm. Cool, so we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Oh, you know what? I did this at the end of the last episode as well and I said we'd see everyone and we never do because we got It's fine. Them. It's a figure of speech. Okay. You don't have to literally see them. You'll hear us all again next week on the Denalysis Fantasy <laughs> Football Podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. Cue outro. Boom.